This episode is brought to you by the Spice Mines of Kessel. Gotta get that spice! There's nothing a little music can't have. Rockin', rockin' and rollin'. The Jedi were plotting the podcast. Anakin, Chancellor Palpatine is evil. From my point of view, podcasting is evil. Well, then you are lost. Hello, and welcome to Voice of the Rebellion. I'm Gabe. I'm Mark. This is episode 10, Ooh. which means we have moved beyond <gasps> the. Star Wars sagas. saga numbers. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure at some point they're going to come out with episode 10. Yeah. But a- actually, on that note, um, Kathleen Kennedy recently said that they were going to focus on the new characters yeah. past episode 9. So, like, yeah. they'll get their own spin off films, yeah. apparently. So, they've been actually planning to do another saga for a while. Uh, yeah, I feel like they're probably what they'll try to do is, like, you know, wait 10 years, wait 15 years. Yeah. And Which is totally, I think that's good. Yeah. Develop um, each era. Yeah. And then start a new era. Exactly. So yeah, um, let's start with some news. Um, they revealed the title of the Han Solo movie. Yes, called Solo. I mean, I don't know what That's people it. were expecting. I know. Like, of I know. course, it's going to be called Solo. The other I option. Just, the other option was Han Solo. <laughs> so it just like I, I totally get like people shouldn't overreact to it. Like it, yeah. it's fine, but it it, I, it still sounds boring to me. But were you expecting like an Indiana Jones type type? Like no, Han Solo like, and the Spice Minded Kessel. Han Solo and the Crystal Skull. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's seen it. Well, um, it's got aliens. I guess I'm just upset because I already don't have a huge desire to see a Han Solo movie. Yeah. So it just being called Solo didn't do anything to help that. But the Han Solo movie is going to feature Daenerys Stormborn, the first of her name. <laughs> okay. Pretty. I mean, that's fine. She's <laughs> fine, I guess. But I don't know. Like, they could have called it, like, the Karelian Conflict or just something with more, like, oomph. <laughs> but you, you'd have to include Han Solo's name in there somewhere because otherwise the people who are not hardcore Star Wars fans are going to say, oh, I don't understand. Like, what's the Karelian Conflict? I don't, I don't even know what a Karelia is. They yeah. could have called it so like well apparently there's rumors that Han Solo isn't his given name. Yeah. Um call it Dave. So, so yeah, exactly. Just call it Star Wars. Josh. <laughs> or the origin of Josh. <laughs> and then he would find out that Han Solo's really named Josh the whole yeah. time. Um and then I think Han Solo is the nickname he got in college. You know how I got that. Ooh. Ooh. Han Solo. Oh. Um, and then also in the Han Solo movie, they revealed that Tag and Bink are going to show up. Yes. So, Mark, explain who Tag and Bink are. Okay, so, um, Tag and Bink are two characters from the comic series Tag and Bink are Dead, who essentially have been at every single event that has happened in the entire Star Wars saga. They even went back and showed them as kids, like, going through the whole Episodes one, two, and Prequels, three. Yeah, uh, but it's pretty hilarious. Yeah, the whole uh, thing is done. It's it's comedy, and it shows them like behind the scenes. Basically, they fix all the plot holes. Yeah, in all of the movies, including like why Boa Fett is such garbage in Return of the Jedi, 
it's that they had knocked out Boba Fett, and by one accident. of them is by accident, and, yeah. and he is it, it's one of the guys in. They're like, Boba oh, Fett. I gotta get this costume so that he's here, I guess. Yeah, and then that's why he like is like ah, and yeah. he gets defeated. So he doesn't easily. know what he's doing. Um, and then oh yeah, the in the one of my favorite ones was uh, in A New Hope during the Death Star Death Star trench run. Um, you know how like one of Vader's ties that are that next to him like flies off and hits the other one, yeah. And they both like it was like this huge piloting error because they got shot. Yeah. That was Tag and Bink. Yeah, Vader well, was like, "You two come with me," and they're like, oh, "Okay." And they weren't they weren't even Imperials. They're actually yeah, rebels. <laughs> it's they had decided that they were going to put on these Imperial uniforms to get off of the Death Star. And just just when that happened, that's yeah. when Darth Vader was like, "You two come with me." Yeah. <laughs> So, um, did they say how exactly they're going to be involved? So no, but they're dressed up as Imperials. The the two people are, um, it's like the second unit director and I can't remember who the other guy is. I think it's like Ron Howard's son or something like that. It's, it's not, it, it's not any like, actual actors. It's just a couple of like the crew members and they took a picture of them in the uniforms and Ron Howard said, Tag and, Tag and Bink live. So I don't even know if they'll be mentioned, if there'll be any yeah. lines or anything. It could just be, like an it could just be yeah, ho-ho, that's yeah. Tag and Bink. But I would like at least at least have one of them yeah. call the other guy Tag or Bink. Well, at the rate they're going, Tag and Bink will get their own solo film. They'll need to at some point. Yeah. If they're not I mean, planning on doing I mean, another... They're clearly such an integral part of Star Wars. Yeah. But, uh, moving on to another news... Um, in an interview, J.J. Abrams said that Episode Nine is going to tie all the trilogies together. Mm-hmm. I love that he said this. Yeah. Because I am a firm believer that you shouldn't shy away from the prequels. Like, you shouldn't pretend that Star Wars only started in A New Hope. Yeah. Like, really, like, tie them all together. Mm-hmm. Um, there's rumors that, like, the Anakins, uh, like Hayden Christensen's, Force Ghost might be in Last Jedi, like like Luke's talking to him. It's yeah. like, yes, I want to see that. I'd rather see Jake Lloyd's ghost. <laughs> Yippee! It's like, Father, what do I do? I don't know. Just do something, wizard. Yeah. <laughs> try spinning. Yeah, try spinning. That's a good trick. <laughs> uh, but it's Jake Lloyd grown up. <laughs> yeah. He's just like angry and He's drunk. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Try spinning. Whatever. Whatever. Star Wars is dumb. I don't even want to be at this con. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, there's also the, the line in the novelization of Force Awakens where Snoke says that he has seen empires rise and fall. Yeah. So really depending on who Snoke is, mm-hmm. and stay tuned to the end because I've got a really good Snoke thing this time. It's going to be a good one this time. Uh, so depending on who he is, um, you can tie the whole timeline together because you yeah. can say like using his using Snoke's perspective, um, you know he could be talking about events that happen like in the prequels. And yeah. Can, so I think I think that would be really cool to see because um, again I, I love that political angle in the prequels and to yeah. see that come back would be nice. Um, you do you have any like personal thoughts on what you want how you want to see them tie it all together like certain elements. Well, I think that in the with George Lucas, he had said that the entire saga rhymes, and that's why right. you see the same lines show up. It's a, it's a big, right. it's a song, it's, it's a, a poem, poem yeah. and so that 
I would love to see that in the same way that like the ring theory comes into play, see all of it tie together into like this big old circle so that like that you could watch episode nine and then immediately go back and watch episode one and it would feel and yeah. episode one would feel like a sequel to episode nine. Yeah. Like that it would all just encircle itself. You're right, yeah. Like it's basically set up by the end of episode nine, the government looks exactly like it does in episode one. Yeah. Like it's like a new republic flourishing. Yeah. Uh, and actually on that note, I, I think and this is what I hope they do to make it rhyme. Yeah. Ray with a double sided lightsaber in episode nine mm-hmm. to mimic Darth Maul double sided in episode one. Yeah. Opposite uh, light and dark. Yeah. And that, that would be just a kind of like really good end caps. Yeah. Like just seeing someone with a double sided lightsaber. Mm-hmm. And then in some way have <laughs> some child be born. Like mm-hmm. they would sort of like imply towards Anakin. Yeah. In a way. So then it's, like I said, you could like a sort new of prophecy. Watch, yeah, yeah. A new prophecy okay. being born. I like it. I mean, it doesn't give much room for another saga if they want to insert that yeah, later. Yeah, they would just have but, to go and do the same thing over again. But honestly, that was George Lucas's intention, so it, yeah. and they already added it, so yeah. you could probably just pause whatever you want. Yeah. Um, last bit of news I want to touch on. Um, Mark Hamill just recently said in an interview that Luke, yes, he's very conflicted, and he's lost, you know, a part of his optimism, like who he was. But he's not on the dark side. Yeah, but Mark Hamill's a known liar. Is he? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, which I'm, it, of course, I mean, of course, it wouldn't make sense in, in the story for him to go to the dark side. Because he was already tempted in the original mm-hmm. trilogy. Why would you repeat that? Yeah. Uh, so I'm happy he said that, and I think anyone who's like, "Oh, I think Luke's gonna go on the dark side," I just don't think they're really no. thinking about it. Like, I, he's not gonna—he didn't go into hiding for yeah, just for to go on the ten dark years side. just to be like, you yeah. know what, this dark side thing. Yeah, I'm gonna try it out, guys. Yeah, yeah. and people are saying because they see Luke in all these posters that imply he's on the dark side. No, I think that it's more to imply like cause he's always in the background. Mm-hmm. I think there's just like kind of a symbolically like there's this huge shadow. Yeah. Over everything. And it's like Luke's failure is is the huge shadow over yeah. over the new trilogy. And so I think it's failure in the cave. <laughs> you must remember the cave. The cave. Remember the cave. Remember the cave. <laughs> Let's go on to our main topic. Alright, our main topic today. Just you know, we're just gonna brush over it because there's really not much to it at all. Yeah. The Force. Yeah. It's a it's a simple concept. Yeah, simple, simple. Okay, so yeah, we could spend like multiple episodes on this, um, but we, we we're realized... Just gonna, just, we're just going to crank through this thing as fast as possible. No, we, we realized that we hadn't, in the ten episodes of this, actually gone in depth on what we think the Force is. Yeah. So we're just going give, to give our takes on it. Um, so first, I want to say that I think that the reason the Force in Star Wars is so prevalent um, is because it's it's our modern myth mm-hmm. um, in that people can apply the Force, the concept of the Force, to their own value system because it is so vague in yeah. Star Wars. Um, so people can interpret it how they want. And, I mean, that's why you see people, like, actually listing, like, Jedi as their religion. Yeah. 
because like all the basic like tenets of the force, you know, come from multiple were inspired by multiple religions and yeah. um, value systems. And so I think it's like just vague enough that you can, yeah, you can apply it to, to what you believe. Mm-hmm. And that's why it affects so many people. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't box anyone. Um, so we should go over what the force is as stated in Star Wars. Yes. So um, the first thing we ever hear about the force is that the force is an energy field created by all living beings. Um, and it binds us. And it binds us, it us. surrounds us, it penetrates yeah. us. And that it connects. The interesting thing is that they say all living things, but then Yoda specifically says it connects between like you and the rock. Yeah, the tree, the rock. The tree, the rock. Shit. Yeah. So even those things that are not living, that it's that the, the living things create it and help it grow Mm -hmm. but it's not specifically only bound to living things it's like uh it's like dark matter it's just everywhere yeah it's what literally just holds the galaxy together yeah um so in in one sense in one metaphysical sense it's like this actual kind of substance you can't see that connects everything to everyone yeah uh um but then so in the in the Clone Wars cartoon, um, hmm. they go even deeper. Yeah, uh, they explain that uh, it's like the very end of the show. There's the living force and the cosmic force. Mm-hmm. So the living, which is not this isn't um, original to the Clone Wars. Like they really explored it as and brought it into like the official canon. But in the books, there's always been this sort of like conflict between Jedi, some who believed in the living force, that it was a living entity, mm-hmm. and the cosmic force, that it was sort of this impersonal thing. Yeah. Which also affects like how the dark side is viewed, which we'll, we'll talk about in a bit. Yeah. So, at, at least how they state it in the, now this is the official canon, um, or at least of how the Jedi understand it, because yeah. the Jedi can be wrong. Um, so the living force is... Um, Basically, it's created by it's it's what's created by people. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of like that substance we we're talking about. Yeah, kind of like the dark matter. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the living force, um, it's it, it, uh, created, it's generated by living things. That creates the cosmic force. Mm-hmm. The cosmic force is like a sentient being. It's yeah. like the sentience to the force. So, like when yeah. you when you hear like the force is with me. Like uh, like cheer it in Rogue One, yeah. like he couldn't necessarily use the Force, but yeah. the Force was with him. Yeah, that's like the cosmic Force. Yeah. Um, whereas someone else would be using Living Force, which is them like actually using the, the using the, the Force, you know, like using the yeah. the special powers of the Force. Yeah. Um, and then, so the cosmic Force tries to um, speak to you through midichlorians. So. In a Phantom Menace, you know, there was this big uproar because George Lucas had the, redefined the Force as just these microscopic um, entity beings inside of you. Yeah. What they tried to do in Clone Wars is say that the cosmic Force really is just um, communicating to you through the midichlorians. Well, I and mean, that's what he said in like, The Phantom Menace, though. I mean, he said that without midichlorians, we would have no way to communicate 
with the force. Yeah. You know? It just wasn't, like, defined enough, you know? Yeah. Um, which, again, like, there's arguments for, like, you shouldn't, like, overly define the force because then you can't maintain its its vagueness because it loses that bit of modern myth uh, element if you do that. Yeah. Um, so, but anyways, back to what they've established in Star Wars. Um, so there's the living force and cosmic force. Um, so in a way, at least how I see it, and we'll talk about this, the living force is the metaphysical side of the force, yeah. the actual structure. The cosmic force is the ethical side of the force, the moral yeah. side of the force. So you have the, the metaphysical um, and the moral. So you, that's why there's, the force is so tied to light and dark mm-hmm. um, and why why like how you how you form your value systems like the Jedi code or like the Sith code um, why the force why do they believe the force informs that yeah. so let's go to our takes that was a big over just super quick overview yeah um, now Mark you wanted to talk about the living force side of it the metaphysical yeah so take it away okay so with the living force um, it as this energy field that sort of exists and binds all things, I think you did a really good job of explaining it. It's sort of like dark matter. Yeah. And there are some people who believe that um, basically in the same way that you were saying that it binds the galaxy and keeps it intact, that dark dark matter is the same way, like that, that all the rest of the matter that we're able to see would just fly apart and actually can't bind together unless you have this dark matter that's, what, 70% of the, the galaxy yeah. um, basically connecting things. That's why, the, yeah. the, that's why you have scientists that are trying to discover gluons that are this sort of um, hypothetical type of matter on a, like a, on a tonic scale that keeps everything from flying apart because there's no explanation yeah. for why right. things stick well, together in, in any Well, doesn't gravity play a part? Why things it are... does, but not on that scale. Not on a subatomic scale. Yeah. Okay. And on a subatomic scale, there's no reason why everything stays together. So they, they, yeah. Part of the whole thing they've been trying to figure out is if gluons exist. And yeah. that basically the gluons are just the way they fill in and make... You know, so the force is basically that explanation. The, the yes. force is gluons, yeah. Yeah. And so by being able to manipulate the force and be able to use it, mm-hmm. you can sort of um, shift the way. Yeah, that's why you the, can like force push someone, yeah. force pull someone. But you're basically bending the laws of physics because the force itself is the laws of physics and you're mm-hmm. tweaking those laws to make it more possible. Okay. There isn't some magical way that you're convincing somebody to, to do what you want them to do when you're using a mind control. You're instead like on an atomic scale tweaking their yeah. um, the, the synapses in their brain to fire. So it's like someone with more want. brain cells will be immune to it. Yeah. Which is why sometimes it doesn't work on them. Yeah. Because they, yeah. They, you can't find the exact way to like yeah. tweak their their electron, they're the, the neurons in their brain. Mm. Um, then if you look at um, 
the force from like from a catholic perspective which i am um the pope actually gave a ted talk a few years back he gave a TED talk. Yeah, he gave a TED talk. Yeah, he, awesome. he wasn't on a stage. It was like, oh, okay. It was I, like from I, like I just picture walking back and forth on the stage, like, like wandering back and forth, like, uh, writing a PowerPoint slide. Yeah. Back. Um, no, he was, uh, but he was talking about how all things are connected, yeah, to one another, and um, that God is, He's everywhere because He is in everything. Mm-hmm. That He also is. In all living things, holds the galaxy together, binds us, surrounds us, penetrates us. Mm-hmm. Um, and George Lucas had taken a lot of ideas from Christianity alongside like the Eastern religions, and he just made made yeah. the force a lot more impersonal. Well, it sounds kind of like I guess is it is it pantheism that they believe that God is everything? Yes. Or, yeah. So it yeah. sounds kind of like that too. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That 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 this rock is God and everything. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, the Catholic perspective is basically not that God is the rock, but mm-hmm. that God is in the rock and is in everything at every single moment, and also in, in every single time at the same time. Yeah, because he's you know, you know, beyond a fourth dimensional being. And, and that kind of goes into yeah. the cosmic force because it's stated like the cosmic force um, is beyond time as well. Yeah. Um, like, actually, we should have mentioned this already. You lose your like when Jedi say like rejoice for those who transform into the Force. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Yoda says that to Anakin, mm-hmm. um, he's saying that you lose your identity mm-hmm. um, when you become one with the Force. Mm-hmm. Um, Which actually we uh, we had talked last week about from a certain point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, the there's a short story that is from Qui Gon's perspective. When Luke runs off to go check on his um, Uncle Beru and Aunt Owen, mm-hmm. and, and Obi-Wan is forced to stand near the Sandcrawler, yeah. that it describes Qui-Gon having to pull himself into the material world and have to like connect, like remember who he is to try to bring himself, like focus to form and appear and he ends up talking to Obi-Wan um, mm-hmm. about everything. And Obi-Wan's like, I look forward to seeing you again, friend. And Qui-Gon's like, you will. And because Qui-Gon knows what's going to happen because he's, yeah. cause he's part of right. the cosmic force. So he can now see Cause in the, you know, what's going to end up happening. When they established all this as actual canon um, mm-hmm. in the Clone Wars cartoon, Yoda was being taught by the cosmic force um, how to retain your identity after death. Yeah. Which is why force ghosts exist. Mm-hmm. That's why force ghosts didn't exist before mm-hmm. um, Obi-Wan appeared. Yeah. Um, and also why Vader was confused that, like, Obi-Wan just disappeared when he, like, cut mm-hmm. him. Whoa. He's like, what? He's like, put his foot out of him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and okay. talk about the cosmic force now. Okay, so cosmic force... Um, so these are just some ideas that have been kind of rallying in my head just, just the past, like, week. So I don't even know if I have a fully formed, like, philosophy of it. Um, but here it goes. Mm-hmm. So the cosmic force being the more ethical side of things. I think that Star Wars, um, ultimately, in a way, is trying to answer the problem of evil. Mm-hmm. So the problem of evil states... Um, 
like how could a just God make evil? Um, and people try to you know solve that riddle um, mm. of why there's evil in the world. Um, so if you think of the force um, as kind of a representation of our emotion, mm. um, you know, because like there's there's the light side which tries to have like no emotion basically, and the mm. dark side that embraces full emotion. Um, so it's using the force for different ways. Um, then you can you can start to see as how they're trying to tackle the problem of evil. Um, so I think with their main goal in Star Wars is they're trying to reconcile why there's pain and misery in the universe. And you can see this with both Anakin and Kylo Ren. Um, mm-hmm. Anakin, who's just struggling with um, his mother dying, with mm-hmm. the threat of losing Padme. Yeah. Um, all this misery. And he just keeps being told by Yoda, like, well, just let go of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just let go yeah. of it. No, it's fine. Yeah. And he can't, Anakin cannot reconcile this misery yeah. with with a just world. Um, yeah. It's this existential dread within him. Um, and and then Kylo Ren, you see this too in the scenes in Force Awakens where he's just sitting there, you know, talking to Darth Vader's helmet. Mm-hmm. He's like, I just feel the temptation of the light. And he's just, he's like, I'm just in so much pain, basically. Mm. Um, he can't reconcile this pain. Yeah. Um, and, and Star Wars in general has always been a story of coming of age, you know, how to, yeah. how to reconcile the pain and misery of the world um, and how to move forward. Well, um, and I think, I think what it, what the films show is that what evil is, is suffering that we cause to ourselves and others through our own actions, that we make our own pain and suffering. Right. Um, and so, and so that's an actual, um, uh, answer to the problem of evil is free will. Yeah. You know, like we're, we're creating because of the, the pain. Well, because the, the base question is why is there pain and misery at all? Yeah. Um, and people have tried to answer this by saying that there is what's called uh, a first order good and a second order good. Mm-hmm. So and just stay with me here. I promise I'll connect it. Um, a first order good is just like pleasure, mm-hmm. um, happiness, you know, just like real basic, like things that are good. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas a first order evil would just be pain or mm-hmm. um, hatred. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then a second order good is something that requires a first order evil. Mm-hmm. So empathy requires you having to have gone through pain to experience empathy. And since empathy is a higher good than just feeling pleasure all the time, that is why pain is worth being in the universe. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, if you look at the way the that Yoda's whole Cohen that he has in episode one, that fear, mm-hmm. which is a lower level, yeah, leads to anger. Anger leads to hate, and hate leads to suffering. Which then means you work your way backwards, and all suffering comes from hatred. And all hatred mm-hmm. comes from anger, and all anger comes from fear. Right. So there's like there's these second order evils too that mm-hmm. like like even if you fear to lose someone, like even though you love that person, which is a first order good, that is required for the second order evil of. Um, of fear or hatred or anger mm-hmm. because you're 
your love of them is making you fear them that leaving yeah and therefore you're doing these bad actions um which can lead to like attachment like selfishness um cowardice which are like second grade evils yeah so um my point in bringing that up is that so the jedi you would think they're trying to champion second order goods and you would think the sith are trying to champion second order evils just by the basic template there Mm. but when i really think about it it seems like the jedi couldn't actually reconcile the pain like they didn't actually champion second order goods because they had all these restrictions yeah they said you can't love you can't um you know their, their jedi code actually let me read their jedi code and you'll get my point it says there's no emotion there's peace there's no ignorance there's knowledge there's no passion there's serenity there's no chaos there's harmony there's no death there's the force they keep denying the human condition. No emotion, no passion, no chaos. Yeah. Um, and, and by ignoring it, I don't actually think they're achieving a second order good. Yeah. So they're not, since they're not successfully answering this question of the problem of evil, um, that's why Anakin fell to the dark side. Mm-hmm. Because he's like, you're, you're not actually addressing my misery here. Like, you're just saying, I shouldn't have it. Yeah. Um, so there was one, I can't remember where I saw it, but there was a really great thing I saw once where it, instead of having this Jedi code, it changed it slightly, that mm-hmm. I think actually would make it much more palatable to you. That is, emotion, but peace. Ignorance, but knowledge. But yeah. So Passion, it- but serenity. Chaos, but harmony. Death, but the Force. So it's like you're struggling through it, but mm. you're going to try to champion this. Emotion event. exists, but there is peace. Yeah. Ignorance exists, but there is knowledge. Yeah. So, and that basically you should always attain these higher ideals. Yeah. So that's how you would get to those second order goods. Yeah. Um, but I think that even then they're not, it, it's still like, like when you look at Kylo Ren's journey, it's, it's going to, it's obvious right now that they're setting him up for, like, a redemption arc, you know? Mm-hmm. And I really do think the point is, how do you actually handle this misery? So how do you handle the, the base question that we started with? Why is there misery in the world? Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't seem that second-order goods, at least as the Jedi have always explained them, mm-hmm. um, will get you there. Um, so, the, the, so the base question is still there. Like, so how do you deal with it? Um, it's it's basically, I think the Jedi misinterpreted what the balance of the Force is, that the mm-hmm. cosmic Force is trying to tell them. Um, they kind of thought, like, well, maybe don't do second-order goods or second-order evils, just be. Yeah. But it's, because it's a denial of the human condition, um, it's the wrong philosophy. And so I think that where they're headed is um, the cosmic Force is actually trying to be somewhat more akin to virtue ethics mm-hmm. um, virtue ethics is just just real quick summary just it's the balance between good and bad virtues so like um, you don't want to be a coward and you don't want to be foolhardy you just want to be courageous in between yeah. um, like you don't want to run headlong into a situation but you also don't want to run away from it you yeah. want to be courageous towards it so it's it's finding the balance 
in the virtues. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and virtue ethics is very much not focused on what is the right answer in this situation. Yeah. It is just try to live virtuously. Yeah. So like even though Kylo Ren has all, done all these terrible things, um, you can still view him as a hero, a protagonist. Mm-hmm. And actually Ryan Johnson said that Kylo Ren and Rey together are the protagonist of the story. Yeah. So I think I think we're like going with it anyways is that um, even though you may do the wrong things in certain situations, if you just try to live virtuously, mm. um, that, that is what the cosmic force is trying to tell you what the balance is. Yeah. It's not a denial of misery in the universe. It's working through it. Like you said with the Jedi Code, mm-hmm. the variant of it was, um, you know, emotion but peace. Yeah. So those are just like kind of thoughts I had in my head. So it, there's more maneuvering to do through them. Well, an interesting thing is that you were just talking about how like trying to find that balance between the two different like extremes. Mm-hmm. And if you actually look at the Force and Destiny role playing game, that's the Star Wars um, Jedi based role playing game. Mm-hmm. Each person chooses a virtue, and then you look at like the flip side of it. So like um, the the opposite of love isn't hate; it's selfishness. Okay. And your character is constantly trying to like strike that balance of like they can end up when they do things that are selfish they they fall further away from that virtue yeah. um, of love. Um and um that in the end you're like trying to maintain this like sort of middle balance because if you turn like too far towards the light then it can end up like stopping you from being able to access those things like when you need to be selfish for reasons because mm-hmm. selfishness isn't always you know right necessarily a bad thing so actually it's interesting that because the force and destiny role-playing game actually answers it's that already and it's already represented in yeah. star wars in that way yeah so yeah um so that's kind of my ethical take on it um so yeah it's just so interesting because the, the force is so multifaceted because you've got the the metaphysical state of it, yeah. the living force, and like the ethical side of it, the cosmic force. Well, what's your um, perspective on the dark side then? What is how is the dark side represented? Yeah, because for me, the dark side isn't just a different side. It isn't a side of the force. Right. What it is is a corruption of the force. Okay. The force doesn't exist and have this dark side of things. I don't. I think that what they're doing is they're twisting and bending the force in to their will to their will in the wrong way. It's denying what the cosmic force is telling them. Yeah, and they're they're more focused on the living force using it to their advantage. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, would, I guess I would agree with that take. Um, yeah. I don't know how that falls into what I was talking about exactly as far as like the problem of evil and second order goods. Yeah. I'd have to think about it more. Yeah. Because um, again, I kind of just started thinking about these these ideas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that, that's definitely, that's a good point, um, as far as the dark side is concerned. Yeah. So, yeah, that was our brief slash long overview of the Force, which again, we can talk about. Yeah, I've got a bunch more things I could say, but that's just going to drag it out for Yeah, unless you have something really more. interesting. Not really interesting, I, okay. think I would need to gather my thoughts yeah. more, but. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on to trivia. Trivia time. Okay. 
every single one of these, these questions that I've got here is entirely about admirals, so you'll do real, real well. Oh, yeah. You know what? <laughs> you know what? You, Mark. You. So they currently we're myself. at... Okay, so Mark has 36. Boo. Yeah. I have 35. I think last time I was a fluke. Those are weird questions. Nope. But we got the actual trivia cards again. Yes. All right. So here is a little question. We got six right here. Bring it. Bring it. Who ends up snacking on a free frog that lands in his soup in a Tatooine cafe? In a Tatooine cafe? Yes. Uh, oh. Um, the Bulba. Yes. What is you fight with Doug. Especially dangerous Doug named Sebulba. Shut up. <laughs> Worst. What does Shmi say when Qui-Gon asks about Anakin's father? There was no father. There was no father. There was no father. Yes. I can't explain what happened. What pilot makes a desperate attack run at the bridge of a Star Destroyer before his ship mysteriously disappears? What, pilot you say? Yes. Uh, Han Solo. Yes. Who does Han intend to pay off as soon as he leaves the rebel base on Hoth? Jabba. Where, besides the pod race, can hovering cam droids be seen in The Phantom Menace? Hovering cam droids? Yes. Um... Other than the pod race. Yes. Uh, I guess in... I mean, are Candor's the same thing that Darth Maul is? I just say the city? No. The Senate. Oh, duh. Yeah. I was so focused on Tatooine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Whose first line in Return of the Jedi is, I can't see? I, I can't see. I, I can't. Who are you? Someone who loves you. Yeah, like who loves you very much. She should have kept the helmet on. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, I'll go with it. Han <laughs> Solo. Yep. All right. All right, so you missed one. So I missed one, so I'm now up to 40. So, Mark, I need you to get at least two wrong to tie You no ready can this? How many tusks grace the face of a typical Gamorrean guard? Do I go with my gut? Do I go with what I think it now is, now that I've thought about it? I don't know. I'm going to say two. Four. Yep. See, my gut was four. My gut was four. Should have gone with it. Who is warned to duck in order to avoid being run down by a Sith speeder? I'm not going to duck! Yeah, you know, they had a deleted scene of explaining why they were running to begin with. That yeah. I feel like they should have included in the movie. Because all of a sudden, like, you just cut to a scene of them running for no reason. Yeah. So. Uh, what was hey, the deleted scene? I don't remember. It was something like, uh, oh, uh, one of the probe droids that Darth Maul is using, mm-hmm. it, like, went up to them and, like, Qui-Gon, like, cut it down. And he's like, look, we're being watched. We've got to get to the ship as fast as possible. Yeah. Uh, who knocks Obi-Wan Kenobi unconscious in a battle aboard the Separatist flagship? That would be... Count Dooku. 
has the belt Sith Lord has got the speciality because we've gotten one of them because because <laughs> I got one we got one and then the other one completely defeated us the other one who's standing in front of us right <laughs> yeah. now completely kicked our asses and yeah. chopped one of our, our guy's arms off so don't worry we got this we got, we're good what group, according to Chancellor Palpatine, no longer trusts the Senate, the Republic, or democracy? What group? What group, according to Chancellor Palpatine, no longer trusts the Senate, Republic, or democracy? It's kind, of a, it's to, kind of a weird question, wordedly. Um, I'm going to say... The people... The Jedi. He's saying he's trying to say like the Jedi are evil. He's saying like, oh. the Jedi don't trust the Senate or democracy. Okay. Like, All right. But I yeah I might have said people because yeah. it is a really weird weird worded question. Yeah. Um, All right. What's the first object seen in Return of the Jedi? First object. Uh, Star Destroyer. It says the second Death Star. But that's not true. Isn't it open with the Star Destroyer? And then Vader comes out of it and then goes to the Death Star? Or is the Death Star in view from the Star Destroyer? I think it pans down and shows the Star Destroyer. No, I think it's in... I think the Death Star is in view. I'm going to trust the card here. I think it pans down and shows the Star, the Death Star, and then you see the Star Destroyer come into view and drop the shuttle yeah. out of it. So that... Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I would have probably answered the same thing. Your card was really, really easy. <laughs> Hold on, there's one more question. <laughs> what does Boosh yeah. hit his head on while sneaking around Jabba's palace at night? It was like a... He was like a brazier. It was like a hanging like lantern. Lantern? Um... A wind chime. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 really like, rough one. Like, I want to give that one to you, but I, I don't think I can, because it's really different than a lantern. Yeah. Sorry. This is a really, really rough Yeah, you missed one, this time. two, three, four. Three, yeah. Two. I'm sorry, man. I ended up playing my, hey, the cards are picked randomly. I know. I could get a hard You're, one. You had a real, one. real easy card this time, too. I'm sorry, bud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Dead to me. Let's move on to Snoke Theory. Smoke Theory. All right. So, 10 episodes, right? Yes. You think I would have had a Snoke Theory that actually sticks? Yeah. I got it. It came to me in a dream. Okay. And then I lost it in another dream. And then I regained it in a third dream. Oh, okay. Okay. Snoke is R5D4. Uh-huh. Yeah. For those who wouldn't know, which, how could you not know who that is? What about your plebs? Um, R5-D4 is the unit that um, Luke said had a bad motivator mm -hmm. on Tatooine when they're trying to buy droids, yeah. when they buy C-3PO and R2-D2. It's like, Uncle Owen, this r 2 has got a bad motivator. Mm -hmm. Who, like, blows up. Yeah. Um, well, that droid became Snoke because... He wanted revenge against Luke, right? Yeah. He wanted to prove itself to Luke, right? He's like, I don't have a bad motivator. I'll show you. Mm -hmm. So he motivated 
Kylo Ren to defect from the Jedi Order uh-huh. and become evil. Okay. So, yeah, more than one way to motivate, but it, it, it accomplishes his scheme of revenge. So why does he look like Snoke? Because this is Star Wars, okay? Holograms? You think Who says a hologram only has to look like a fuzzy picture? It All holograms of Snoke that yeah. you see like in the new trailers are just incredibly lifelike. Okay. So so R5 which D4 is, which is why Snoke looks like he's CGI. So anytime you see Snoke in the throne room in the upcoming movie, that's R5 D4 behind him. Uh-huh. Projecting Snoke out. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. in Force Awakens you only see a regular hologram. Yeah. Which is what R5 D4 would do. Yeah. So R5 D4 just wants to prove to Luke that it can motivate. Mm-hmm. So it's motivating Kylo Ren to be, and I think oh, that's okay. just the most obvious answer. I mean, that makes sense. In all sense. of Star Wars, yeah. And I think I really did this time. I think you really did. That episode's in. I finally got it. I believe it. All right. Well, that has been this episode of Force for Rebellion. Hopefully, we will be on a more consistent recording. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Stop it now. I have been waiting for you, Obi-Wan. We meet again at last. When I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the podcaster. Only a podcaster of evil, Darth. Stop it now. Fall asleep. Don't fall asleep. Stop it now.